what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 10,000 podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes to not only just leave God on Sundays or at church, but to bring God into the everyday moments of life. Uh, My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our student ministry pastor here at Stapleton Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Matt, how's it going? Oh, it's going well today. It's good to be with you guys again. I, I enjoy this podcast. Hope that you guys are as well. And if you do, make sure you subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. And if you have questions that you want us to cover, we always want questions. We'd love to engage with people on those. Send them to Sawyer at strap at stapletonchurch.com. That's trap with two Ps. So we'll just go ahead. We're kind of covering a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not really questions. So I don't always get emails after messages, <laughs> but after my message on Sunday, uh, which was called Jesus Over Religion, mm-hmm. and I challenged everyone to choose Jesus Over Religion, that I got one email that was admiring it, really <laughs> loved it, even was a little challenged by it, but yeah. still really appreciated it. And then the second person was kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. They weren't rude. It was it was a <laughs> nice email. It was somebody visiting from another church that obviously has a different worship style sure. than ours, sure. but a little more critical of the message. So we just kind of wanted to talk about that, dive a little bit deeper. And Sawyer, you got a question from somebody as well. Yeah, I was t- talking with someone after church and that really enjoyed the message as well. So if you haven't listened to it, you can either scroll up in your podcast feed. Hopefully you're subscribed to the Ta- Stapleton Church podcast. Um, you can listen to it on there. Or if you go to the media tab on our website, stapletonchurch.com, you can listen to it as well. But we were talking about the message and um, was really challenged. Um, I think it's so true that w- when we when we put our preference for worship or for what music we do or how the sermon's given or or any sort of element of a, of a regular church service or what your church looks like that sort of stuff, but we put that above our desire to help people follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then th- that is negative. But he kind of pushed back and he, and he was saying, "Well, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's true. I think you know our, our aim is people, but like." I mean, basically, he was asking, like, how far is too far? Mm. Like, can can we push preference aside so much or push even tradition aside or maybe even correct ways of doing things that we that we always almost end up too far on the other side? Where maybe a church service doesn't even look like a church service anymore. Mm. Or the um, sermon doesn't use the Bible. Or songs are being used that... Maybe you're Christian, that maybe you're not Christian, that maybe even are presenting messages that are maybe counter to the message of Jesus. Mm. Um, I've been in a couple of church environments where I don't think they go too far, but where they bring in secular music and, yeah. and, and try to use it in that way. And so I just I think it would be really important for us to, as we dive deeper, as we seek to seek to honor God, as we seek to put our preference aside, but but still 
honor what God has, like, to discuss, like, how far is too far. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good because if our goal is to help people follow Jesus, mm-hmm. if we listen to Jesus, because this isn't from Matt, it was a <laughs> yeah. message from Jesus on Sunday <laughs> good point. where he was challenging people. Um, and I, I said there was a kind of three choices that Jesus was challenging mm-hmm. people to make. And and it was to choose um, relationship over rulemaking. It was to choose um my. Transformation. <laughs> oh, you're going to test oh, yeah. it. Your transformation. Yeah, transformation you over tradition and then people over preference. Right. And those three things, those are choices, are really choosing Jesus over religion. Mm-hmm. And because Jesus didn't come to start a religion, but to start a revolution. Yeah. And so we were listening to them. So then let's take that. Well, how do we help people follow Jesus? And I think this is the question we should be asking ourselves. Right. Well, how far is too far? Um, and I just want to say from the get-go that that's a great question, and it should be, let's do anything short of sin to get people saved, yeah. almost, you know, anything short of sin. So I kind of, in my mind, have like these three different questions we should ask ourselves mm-hmm. with this, um, That and they kind of go in descending order. So the first one's the most important, then the second one is second most important. And sure. this doesn't come from the Bible necessarily, but I do think that this is a well-thought-out way of doing it, so you can take it or leave it if you, you don't love it. But the mm. first one is, is it biblical? Mm. If we're going to do something in our worship service or a song that we're going to pick or a preaching style... Or in your life. Or a drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could take this... But, but we're, like, narrowing it down right, to just, right. like, what the worship service looks like. Mm-hmm. So the first one, is it biblical? Mm. Because if it's not, well, no. Right. Don't do it. Right. So, you know, I mean, one subset of that question is, is it biblical? Then the opposite is, is it sin? Right. So if this is sinful or leading people to sin or, you know, just even a temptation thing. So mm-hmm. we were talking, well, what's the sinful thing people are doing in worship <laughs> service? Yeah. Well, worshiping another god sure. would be it. And I have been at worship services where people read from other sacred texts. Hmm. So they're not only saying, hey, we want to be inclusive of everyone, so we're not just going to read the scriptures. We talked about that last week, that we're supposed to be dedicated to the public reading of the word. Yeah. But some people will read, hey, let's make people feel comfortable. Let's read from the Book of Mormon Mm. or um, something from an Eastern text. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. If the very first commandment in the Ten Commandments is, you shall have no other gods before me, that means we have no other sacred texts before the scriptures that are God breathed. Mm -hmm. So that's sin. And there are churches that sadly fall into sin in their worship service. Mm. Or or if there was a song that doesn't worship God, well, that's sin. Um, It's not biblical. Um, So, you know, it's not necessarily like that there's, you know, a striptease act going on or something. (laughs) Well, let's hope not. (laughs) But, you know, it's a subset of that. Well, we should also talk about temptation. Well, the dress code on stage should not be people dressed in a way that's leading people to lust, right. you know, too. So even though that might not be sinful in itself, but it's promoting uh, sin, like, no, we're going to avoid that because we want to be biblical. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a great first question. I think that's biblical. Yeah. And that, to put that right in first in the center and saying, yes, we want our worship services to be biblical. We yep. want them to honor God. And, but I do want to stop there before we move to question number two. Okay. Because I think a lot of people have stuck on that question and they actually get the Bible wrong, if I can say that, in a spirit of love mm. and charity. How so? Well, this is what I mean, is that people really seek the scripture. Let's figure out what the Bible says about every aspect of worship. Mm-hmm. And they take it a little too far. Mm. So, cause, and this is what they'll say. 
well, I don't like your modern songs mm-hmm. because our songs are more biblical. And the more is the important thing. Well, the first question isn't what's more biblical and what's less biblical. <laughs> right. Is it biblical? But because even in that statement, it acknowledges that there's at least some biblicality. Yes, and, hopefully, and I would say that that's being generous to them because I've heard some people say, well, this is the only biblical way. Sure, sure. Because some people will say in the Bible, worship is supposed to be t- between the person and God. So therefore, all songs must be vertical songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this. Mm-mm. All songs should be vertical. It should be what I or we are saying to God. Or, or and But then you read through the Psalms. Okay, that's a great idea. Worship is about connecting with right, God. It sounds we good. worship yeah. in spirit and truth. Yeah. That sounds great. But now let's actually say, is that a biblical thing? Sure. Is every worship song in the Bible vertical? No. The answer is no. <laughs> if you actually study the Psalms, you'll see which were the songs. This right. is probably Jesus' hymnal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it, there's actually some horizontal songs. And by horizontal, I mean declaring to the world what God has done or who God is. Right. Like, you know, sh- to the nations, to the people, to our enemies, we're declaring that they're in God's good. Mm-hmm. So actually there's songs that aren't just sung to God in the Bible itself. Right. So let's take a little step further. I, I have this article that I've started writing and I haven't finished it. Maybe someday <laughs> I will. <laughs> writing takes a lot of time. It does. Um, is... Uh, I forget the title, but it was something like, Why Your Biblical Objection to My Songs is Unbiblical. (laughs) Captivating title. Yeah, and it needs to be (laughs) condensed. That's why. Like, it's it's in process. But the basic concept is people will say things like that. Well, we only want vertical worship songs. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, well, look at Psalm 52, for example. I'm just making that number off the top of my head. Or some people say, I don't like those modern songs because they're too repetitive. There's a very, very famous preacher who used to make fun of the new songs by saying, oh, it's just the 7 songs. <laughs> you sing the same seven words over 11 times, times, right? Yeah. Okay, that's catchy and it's funny. And people say, oh, that's why they're not as biblical. Mm-hmm. But then you look at some of the psalms. So repetitive and intentionally so. Psalm 118. You know, it's like the same line. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Right. His love. That same phrase again and again and again. Yeah, that's the chorus of that hymn. Or, or some, chorus of that psong. Or some people yeah. look at the modern worship songs and they're like, oh, it's too theology light. It's too short. It needs to be more dense and rich like the old timey hymns. Okay, well, is that a biblical question? Well, I can show you some psalms that are two or three verses. True. You know, there are some very, very short psalms. Or some that say, you know, that song song is too long. It has too many parts. It has four verses and a bridge and an extra (laughs) chorus and then a second chorus at the end. Well, look at Psalm 119. Yeah. I mean, that thing's a long song right there. Yeah. So I think my point is, uh, is it biblical is a great question, but we actually need to know the Bible. Right. And we need to have it framed in the right idea of what... Is yeah. asking so. so somebody else finish that article there and you make go. a lot of people at mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first question: Is it biblical? What What's the next question after that? So we've determined something's biblical. Yeah. What do we do next? Second question is: Is it wise? Hmm. So wisdom it can be biblical. The Proverbs are wisdom. Sure. A lot of the Book of James sure. is wisdom. Jesus taught wisdom. Yeah. But wisdom is saying, hey, you know, let's look at what's you know, like think through it. Does it actually? Is it wise to life? So there may be some things where you say, well, this is biblical, or it's not unbiblical, mm-hmm. so it's okay. And then step two, well, is it wise to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, it de- maybe the context is important here. Yeah. 
So if you're like, well, it's fine to do this worship song, for mm-hmm. example, but in our context, the people will revolt if we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's some city churches that if you play a country western worship song, people will revolt. Like, why are you doing this? Right. But you go out into the country in Wyoming and you're at their worship service. <laughs> that's what they want. Right. You know, there's a cowboy church, right? <laughs> it's a cowboy church where people wear, you know, boots and hats, boots yep. and hats, and tight jeans, right? And belt, big belt buckles, right? And that's their worship style. So, is it wise? Like, is it going to work? Right. So, not only is it is it right or wrong or sinful right. or non sinful, but like, is it smart? Does it make mm-hmm. sense in your context? Yeah. So that's why you think through it. So, for example, we think through our worship service every mm-hmm. week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we we try to get better at it. So mm-hmm. we definitely don't have the corner on it. <laughs> but like a lot of people that come from a traditional background have what's called liturgy. Yeah. And you come from a more liturgical background. Yeah, so the church that I grew up in um, had, yeah, we did liturgy. We sang some of the same songs, repeated some of the same phrases, um, had a scheduled reading plan that we read in the services. We'd always read something from the Old Testament, something mm-hmm. from the epistles, so the letters in the New Testament, and then one of the Gospels. So that would always yep. be part of our services. Um and so a, a, a lot of that is pre-planned. Um, so yep. it's just based on where you are in the, in the church here. Yep. So if you were on, like, this Sunday coming up, you'd have these verses read. You'd have these songs sung. Um, sometimes even those would have built-in hymns connected with them, that sort of stuff. Um, and so there's a lot of planning that involves in that. And I think more modern worship um, has had this idea that it's just kind of, you know, you just get up there and, and uh, we'll just kind of throw something together or mm-hmm. that it's willy nilly or that there hasn't been planning involved. But I think and maybe that is some ind- indicative of some context, but at least in our context. And that's the only one that we can speak to. Yeah. Um, is, yeah, we're, we're putting in planning where we're talking about what, what, what sort of themes we're focusing in on the service, like focusing on who God is or who we are as God followers or yeah. and tying that in, connecting the songs with the, the message that's being delivered and, and trying to tie it up in a way. That when when people leave the service, that they have something to go home with. It's not just right. You know, I went to church, checked that box, but they're actually thinking about like like this week. They're thinking about, oh, maybe I am focusing on these preferences over other people. Yeah, maybe I am being a rule maker instead of focusing on relationships. Sure. So I think that's really important. Yeah, and so the reality is that there's no such thing as a non-liturgical church. Yeah, everybody say has, that again. There's no such so thing true. as a non-liturgical church, right. even though some people look at us and say that's not liturgical. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a liturgy because there's an order to the service. I think the word liturgy comes from the Greek word liturgos, which means work. Yep. You know, it's the work, like the temple work or the mm-hmm. work done. So you know, there's this routine or, or ritual and, and process or everything. So I think it's interesting that you brought it up because it's like, yeah, there's like a three-year calendar for some churches. Mm -hmm. And it's like on this, you know, week or this month, this is what you're going to do, this song, this scripture reading, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so what I always say with this is that we do think and we do plan for what our services are going to be like, the Mm -hmm. liturgy in a sense of what it's going to be like. We just, instead of saying somebody else planned it often hundreds of years ago. Sure. Yeah. We plan it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why this que- question, is it wise, is important. Super important. Because we think through that. And like the order of, we have a typical order that we sure. use, yeah. but we also break from it on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, why do we break from it? 
Well, maybe if we have a message on giving, we put the offering at the end because now you can respond. You have just learned from God's word what it means for us to give generously. Now we want to give you an opportunity to respond by giving generously. Right. Or uh, we did a series, um, I don't even know how long it's been, but we did a series on worship, yep. on Dignified, focusing on, you know, really growing in our worship, like giving all of ourselves to God. And so we had an extended worship time at yep. the end so we could practice together what it looks like to worship God with our whole selves. Yeah, and a few weeks ago, I really felt like the passage was a commissioning text. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is what you're supposed to do. Go out and do it. Right. So I was like, well, why do we need a responsive song at the end? Let's just end, and I'll send people out to go do what Jesus told them to do, right? <laughs> right. So that's how we did it. So we changed things up because we're trying to think through it and be wise with how we do it. Mm-hmm. But then even what we normally do, like we normally start with a fast song, then the next song is a little slower, and then the third song is supposed to be the real deep emotional song. <laughs> well, why do we do that? Well, when people first come in, they're a little distracted. We need to get their attention mm-hmm. and then draw them in and then get them to the point where they're you know, being transformed and powerfully moved by the Holy Spirit. Right. We hope that the order of the songs will lead to that. And mm-hmm. then they're ready to receive what God has to tell them. Then we have another song for them to respond mm-hmm. in what God has told them. Right. Right. And then we send them out. So that's like a typical rhythm that we yeah. use, but we'll break from it, like sure. we said. Um, so that that's a really good question. Is it wise? Nice. Okay. So is it biblical? Is it wise? Mm-hmm. So what is the last one? I'm interested because those seem like it would cover most questions. It does. But I think the third question is, does it work? Mm, it's like a practical question. I think we need to go practical. Hmm. And yes, it doesn't sound biblical. Yes, it doesn't <laughs> sound wise. But just practically, does it work? Okay, it's great in concept to start with the fast song. Well, it turns out your band can't hang with it. Like right. the drummer's struggling. You know, he just can't <laughs> keep up with the beat. It's too fast for him. Well, if it doesn't work for your band, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have the personnel to do it. God hasn't given those people into your body of Christ. Don't do that song. Right. Um, another thing, like, does it work? It's like, okay, I love Gregorian chants. Okay, they sound incredible when you Absolutely. hear somebody do it. But if we did Gregorian chants on Sunday morning, nobody would know how to join in. Also, the acoustics in our main building would sound really weird with some Gregorian chants right. going on. So there's an <laughs> aspect to it. And I believe that this is not just the wise question, because we, the wise is like, can we think through it, what's going to work or not? But right. then sometimes it's like, let's just... Try it. Let's experiment. See what works. Try this song. Mm-hmm. Um, try this preaching style. Um, and if it works, if it resonates, let's do it again. If it doesn't, and if it's not reaching new people for Christ, let's get rid of it. Mm. And I think I think that's what it comes down to. Is ultimately our our goal is reaching new people for Christ. Yes. So if if something that we're doing, it might hundred percent be biblical. It may even be a wise selection, but. And when it comes down to it, if, if that selection isn't isn't helping more and more people follow Jesus and helping those who do to grow closer and to be motivated to do the same, then maybe we should try something else. Yeah, I think that's right. So this maybe question is an evaluating question. Mm-hmm. So if the first two are you think ahead of time, the third one you think afterwards. Yeah, like a review. Regularly thinking about it. Um, because, and I hope I made this clear in my message, but maybe I didn't, and so I want to make sure I clarify this, sure. especially the person who criticized me. <laughs> and it was it was kind, so I, I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, you know, I wasn't too hurt by it. But there were a few I, tears, I was not no, saying, kidding. and I don't think there's any bad worship style if it's biblical and if it's wise. Sure, yeah. I think some are more wise than others, mm-hmm. but you, you say like. 
Okay, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that certain worship styles don't work or don't work in this context or don't work anymore. Hmm. And somebody thought I was saying like the church that I grew up in, well, you didn't hear about Jesus and that's why you didn't like it. It wasn't a good church. It was a good church. Yeah. It was actually a, a really good church. And I actually love some of those hymns that yeah. I started singing when I was just a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I say, it, there were the regal hymns, like, crown him with many crowns. Like, I still, like, for some reason, just get pumped up when I hear right. that hymn. And, like, why? Right. Well, it's because it goes back to my childhood, mm-hmm. and I have these fond memories of it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not, like, saying hymns are bad. I, mm-hmm. in my private worship, I will often sing hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, I have those songs memorized. They're in my soul. I'm going right. to sing them. I'm going to sing them until I die. Mm-hmm. But does it work is a really good question. Does it work anymore? Yeah. And if we were really asking ourselves this question, I think that's why we would continually say, let's not get stuck with the old wine, mm-hmm. using Jesus' language, even though it tastes better to us. Like, no, 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 Jesus came for the new thing, the new thing, always the new thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, does why, it work? Yeah, it does it work. I think that's really helpful. So, yeah, I think that's a good frame of reference as we're thinking about, you know, worship styles or preaching styles or, you know, what our church is going to look like and if you are helping out, if you're serving in any way in your church or in our church, mm-hmm. really thinking about that in your own context and okay. saying yeah. of, you know, is it biblical? Is it wise? Does it work? Yeah. Cause I think that's, I think that's a really good framework for approaching what we're doing as a church. Yeah. So maybe you're listening to this cause you're just like, oh, okay, well that's cool to understand why, you know, Sawyer and Matt and Bobby pick certain <laughs> worship songs yeah. and Val now that she's sure. yeah. uh, one of our worship directors. Like, okay, that's good, but, you know, it doesn't really apply to me. But you can take these principles and apply to any aspect of your life and ministry. Yeah. Is it biblical? Is it wise? Does it work? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to reach your neighbors for Christ and you have your Super Bowl party, we were encouraging people to do that two weeks ago. Ooh, that's biblical, reaching people Mm -hmm. for Christ. That's definitely biblical. Is it wise? Well, sure. You know, I'm not going to... If I serve alcohol, it's not going to be too much. I don't want people to get drunk. Right. Um, I'm not going to do anything that's unwise here and... But then if, if nobody shows up or yeah. the only people who show up are your Christian friends, you think, well, maybe that didn't work. Maybe I need to reevaluate and do it a little differently next time. Right. We shouldn't just give up. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't keep doing the same thing we're doing if it's not working. But if your goal is to reach the lost, figure out what works. And this takes experimentation. Yeah. It takes trying things out. Does mm-hmm. it work? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that stuck out to me most from your message is when you brought in Paul. He said okay. they became all things to all people, so that mm-hmm. it might save some. Yeah. And I, I think that system, that reevaluation over and over again, it's not going to work all the time. Right. It's not going to work all the time, but it is going to work some of the time. Mm, I might save some. That's right. Yeah. I think if we can see even Paul, who we lift up as this, you know, this great missionary, this spread of the early church, even if Paul could save some, then... If he didn't get everybody, then that that makes us feel better. You know, we just got to keep keep trying, keep reevaluating, mm-hmm. keep going deeper, um, and keep trying to be faithful to what God is calling us to. And it's a challenging thing. Yeah, it, I think it should be continually challenging. You you and I talked some more about well, how do we reach Gen Z? Yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. What are we going to need to change to reach Gen Z, or what are we going to need to add? Because maybe what we're doing continues to work, but maybe mm-hmm. we need to add something that is Gen Z focused. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I well, I, I mean, I think I think <laughs> I found that, that Gen Z is just longing for something that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, that they've just seen and experienced so much 
so much fakeness, so much things falling through, things not living up to what they thought they were, that they just want something that's real, yeah. something that's concrete, right. something that they can put their trust in. Um, and I think that's something that actually the church and Christianity are one of the most well-equipped to offer. Yeah. So I, 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 to, I'm, I for one, I, I don't know, I see a lot of people out there looking at Gen Z and looking down or looking looking out and saying, you know, what's going to happen? I'm hopeful. Yeah. I really am because I, I, I see them I see them just longing for something real, longing for something lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that connects so well with the message of Jesus, that sure. we have we have a hope that we can put our trust in even when nothing else nothing else works, that when everything else falls apart, we can still put our hope in God. And I think that's something that Gen Z is longing for. So I'm 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 really hopeful about that. As you can tell, I'm passionate about it. Yeah, man, that's um, good. That's good. We're yeah, working with so, students all the time. Yeah, and we did. There, we saw there was a Gen Z uh, student that came in this morning. Right. I asked him. I said, if you were to choose what type of music style we had on a Sunday, what would you choose? Because I'm curious. That's right. Like, yeah. What is it that a Gen Z? It's going to be trickier and trickier because nobody listens to the same songs anymore. Well, I've heard that genre is dead, so maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, maybe the style doesn't matter at all. Right. It doesn't matter right. if it's your rock and roll or country or hymns or organ or whatever. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's the real component. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I don't know. We'll have to keep thinking and keep trying to figure out what works. That's right. What works. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us today. I hope you enjoyed this. Once again, make sure you subscribe to this. Keep getting this sent to your podcast app or whatever you're using and we'll look forward to hearing back from you next week make sure you send in your questions yep send them to me Sawyer Trap S Trap with two P's at stapletonchurch.com thanks for listening